I am very excited to be joined on the line now with headliner for Summer in the City Friday night, Mr. Tim Hicks. Tim, thanks for doing this today. My pleasure, Dave. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, Tim. Uh, I, I know that it's been kind of crazy for a lot of artists uh, since things really ramped back up. What's it been like to get back <laughs> into the swing of things and be a performing <laughs> artist again? Well, that's why I called my tour Zero to 60, because it just feels like we just jumped right back into it. <laughs> so, you know, catching my breath, but uh, in the greatest way possible. You know what I mean? I've, I've got 30-plus uh, dates on the calendar between now and uh, the end of November. So re- really uh, happy to be to be back in the saddle and have the band working again and uh, getting out and seeing everybody in person. What's it been like to see, you know, people's hunger for music and and the want for new and exciting music Mm -hmm. projects like you've, you've got going on. Yeah. It's, I'm obviously it's, it's great to see that people are still on board. That was the one thing that, uh, you know, our whole situation did, did for artists was kind of suck the momentum out of everything. And, you know, I still think to some degree the, the music industry is recovering a little bit, but, as a, as an artist now, it's like it's you know we're in a great spot to be able to do lots of things. So for instance, this year we're celebrating uh, 10th anniversary of my first record. We had some you know some new tracks uh, that were sort of like left on the cutting room floor, so to speak, way back when. And then I just released Campfire Troubadour Volume Two, and then uh, we're still not done. We've got some bonus stuff coming out on Talk to Time shortly too. So you know it's a great opportunity to to release lots of music and sort of quench that thirst that uh, that people have had over the last little while. Tim, uh, your career is has been like a rocket ship, man. Like it is just mm-hmm. taking off. What's it been like to have everything around becoming, you know, a country music superstar like you've been? Yeah, it's it was shocking at first, and I mean, you, you, to put it in perspective, I I was a working musician for almost twenty years, eighteen years playing five nights a week in bars and pubs and backyard parties for a long, long time before my career broke. Um, which kind of gives me an interesting perspective. And really what it does at the end of the day is it puts me in a position to not take any moment for granted. (laughs) So I'm really having a good time still, even 10 years in. And uh, I feel like we're just getting started, although I'm I'm not the new guy anymore, but I still feel like that to some degree. Are you getting pitched ideas or or like, uh, you know, potential duets or, or just take us through what it's like to be the guy that's being asked instead of the guy that's asking maybe for a chance or a shot? Yeah, I mean, not so much for duets. Uh, and collaborations kind of happen naturally, uh, or at least they do in my world. Uh, we're, you know, we try not to calculate that stuff too much and just sort of see what, what happens. But I get pitched songs constantly. Um, you know, via social media, people are sending me stuff. My my team is out looking for, for songs for us to cut as I'm writing for the next thing. So we, we have a wealth of material to pick through, which is a blessing and a curse at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, to, to pick 10 songs from 100 can sometimes be pretty, pretty daunting. Uh, but at the end of the day, we always roll with uh, best song wins, you know? And that's how you get, wind up with a song like Talk to Time, because that song is actually an outside cut. Uh, be, meaning that I didn't write it, so it's it's a uh, it, we were blessed to be able to, to to have that song come into our world and and watch it do what it's doing for me uh, lately. It's been really exciting. So take us through the, the 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 process of being pitched a song like, and let's go specifically with Talk to Time. How does it come across your your pe- your plate and and just take yeah. us through what it's like to re-record it essentially? Yeah, so it comes in a um, in a folder of about say thirty to forty songs that a publisher has put together specifically for you. So they go, you know, my team approaches all the publishing companies in Nashville and Canada, and they go, okay, Tim Hicks is looking for uh, material for his upcoming record. So they, they do a little bit of research on you, and they 
put together a playlist of songs that they think you might want to cut. Um, and with Talk to Time, it was it was really interesting because the first time I heard it, I I remember saying to my wife, "Wow, that that's a really great song for someone else." And and it was sort of a, a strange thing because at first I thought because I couldn't hear through the the production on the record. The, the the demo was really pop country, and I'm more of a rock country guy, so you know things like the guitars and the drum sounds were very different than what I would normally cut. And so I initially passed on it. But it was everyone around me that was starting to say to me, like, listen, I think you need to listen to that song again, from my manager to my producer, Derek Rattan, to my wife and my daughter asking me. My daughter in particular was like, Daddy, play that Talk to Time song again. So I, I went and demoed it just to, just to see if I could put it in, into my own lane, as we say. And uh, once I sort of dug into it, I really fell in love with it. And then I didn't want to let it go. <laughs> so it was one of these songs that, like, it really grew on me. Um, over a short period of time, and then uh, you know, obviously, became the title track. So that that says something about that kind, the kind of song that it is, you know. And I, I think it's great. Like as a father of two and a guy that's ten years into his career at the national level, talk to time. Like it really speaks to me uh, in in those in that regard. Like you really wish you could slow down time sometimes and soak it all in. And and that's what the song's about. And that's that's why I wound up cutting it. it just made sense, you know. You Does can't think about the party all the time, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. And as you, you need get, lots of different stuff. Absolutely. And as you as you said, you're you're kind of transitioning into, you know, a, a wider view of life where it's not just yeah. about in the moment Friday, Saturday night. You're thinking about Monday through Friday when you've got uh, you know, obligations. Uh, back to talk to time for a second. Which version does your daughter prefer? Yours or the original? Oh, she, I, she couldn't even pick the original out of a lineup now, I don't think. Yeah, she's 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 daddy's girl for sure. She's always asking to hear her songs. But what's funny is she gets in the car with my mom and says, uh, Grandma, can you play dad's songs? And my mom puts on the records. And she's like, no, 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 not not the records, Grandma, the demos. And, and my mom's like, honey, Grandma doesn't have the demos. Only daddy has those. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Has she been, uh, have, you, have you been able to have your family in the studio? Have they been able to see you kind of work and, and grind away with what it takes oh, to yeah. be a recording artist? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not in Nashville. Like when it, you know, not if I'm, if I'm like, uh, going down there to cut vocals. Not very often. But I have a studio in my house where you know, we record the majority of my parts for the Campfire Troubadour record. And my kids have grown up in, inside a studio. They, they're both very comfortable in that atmosphere. And, and in fact, they both have the skill set to open up a session file and, and start noodling around in there, which is kind of neat to, to watch develop, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Tim, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about Talk to Time again. Just one, uh, one more piece on it. When you hear it all put together and, you know, you, all the work that goes into it and then you finally hear the finished product, did you think it would take off the way that it did? Like, were you sitting there going, okay, this may be my, you know, defining song for the next year or, or so? Did well, you feel that? If I'm honest, I we we hoped, you know, as because I, I felt like it was like Tim Hicks 2.0, mm-hmm. and then it was a bit of a turning point for me, especially like with the pandemic behind us. I, I needed, I felt like I, I needed to show a different side of my artistry, and so, you know, I mean, you you never know when when something's going to work and when it when it doesn't work or when you know when it if it's going to work or if it isn't. But uh, in this case, we had really hoped that fans were going to hear what we heard. In it. And it and it looks to be that that's the case. You know, we've got really strong streaming numbers on it, and it's rocking up the charts in, in radio, and and uh, it's become a staple in the set list as well. The band and I, we've been playing it since last fall, and uh, it always gets a reaction. And I feel good singing it. Like, and that's that's how I know I want to sing a song. Like, if I can sit down with my guitar and sing something, and it feels really good to me, 
then I know that I've got something good on my hands, you know, that that's going to fit in. Because I think people can sense when an artist is tentative, you know, or when they don't believe in something. And, and Talk to Time is a song I really believe in. And it's it's essentially even harder when it's not something you've written to to really mm-hmm. get behind and believe yeah, in. Is, is that something? And, yeah, yeah, man. And that that's what makes it kind of interesting. Is is it didn't happen to me the same way. Like when I heard she don't drink whiskey anymore for the first time, I was like, oh my god, I want to sing that song. And same with like Greasy John Deere Cap and So Do I. Um, but, it, but with with Talk to Time, it took a little bit of time to grow on me, but. You know, once it did, I was I, I was all in, and I'm still all in on it. You know, that's so great. Talking to Tim Hicks here ahead of summer in the city. Uh, a few more things we got to get to here, Tim, uh, including let's talk a little campfire troubadour. What's that mm-hmm. been like watching that grow and people get really into it? And uh, you know, just the production behind it too is fantastic. What's it been like Thank to see you. that grow? Yeah, really satisfying. So you know, tr- campfire troubadour is really special to me because we we talked for a lot of years about doing an acoustic thing. You know, when I was playing in bars. Oftentimes, the front end of the week is sort of the Tuesdays to Thursdays. I was playing on my own, just playing acoustic. So my, I feel like my career has always had a little bit of a dichotomy of the acoustic thing versus the full band thing. And so we were looking for a way to kind of showcase that in a thematic way. And uh, it just hit me like a ton of bricks one day during COVID. Like, now's the time to do the acoustic record because I have the, the means and the skill set to do it in my home studio. And also because... It just made plain sense. Like I, one of our outlets during COVID was to have backyard fires where the neighbor could come over and be, you know, distanced and still have, you know, have a beer. And inevitably, the the guitars would come out, and uh, and you know, we'd we'd sing a little bit of song, like some songs and experience a little bit of normalcy. So it made sense to try and put that on a record. And and so when the first one did as well as it did, my team came to me and said, you know, we'd like to continue this. Like, would you be interested in in recording a, another? another campfire record. I was like, I was all in at that point because it also gives me an opportunity to record songs that I, that wouldn't normally get cut on a regular Tim Hicks record. So that's how you get a song like Porto Backyarda or, you know, uh, like all that, all that you leave behind. Like those songs are, are songs that absolutely would not, they would get looked over. You know, if I was just, if I was, for instance, picking songs for talk to time, but for campfire, they work perfectly. And so, you know, it's been really a lot of fun to watch this whole thing grow, and I, I hope that we can keep going, like keep churning out vol- volumes of it, you know, volume three, volume four. And uh, it, I'm looking forward to getting out on the road and touring it as well. We're going to do a big, big cross-Canada tour for Campfire in the fall. You know, I think people would love that, those small, intimate shows where you can mm-hmm. really just kind of an acoustic guitar and a voice and a story. It really yes. can resonate with people across Canada. Yeah, man, and I mean, I've been doing that for years. It, just, it makes sense, and... What's beautiful about the Campfire Troubadour shows is that the set list changes every night. We're not locked into a set like we are with the band, you know, um, because you, light, you know the lighting guy has his cues, so it's it's difficult sometimes to audible a song. But with the Campfire shows, I just look at Chris and Jeff and go, "Hey, what Tom Petty songs do you know?" <laughs> <laughs> and then we can just throw one in that night, or you know, we can start with a different number every night because we're not tied to an intro tape or things like that so it's it's really interesting for for me as a performer because it kind of takes me back to playing pubs you know and and having a a captive audience that i can tell stories to and and just sort of give them that that campfire experience just as if they came to my house and we lit a fire and i brought the guitar out and told you the story of how we wrote get by you know what i mean like it's it's uh it's it's a really a lot of fun 
Man, that is going to be such a great show. I hope that that can happen in the fall and you make a stop in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're a little so. bit uh, over time right now, but I hope you may have time for a couple more. Yeah, man, you got it. Awesome. Uh, of course, uh, Summer in the City is is right around the corner. We're really excited for that. And uh, yeah. we're also excited for the end of the month where you have a new single that is set to drop. Uh, really piggybacking off the, the hype of Talk to Time. Tell us about yeah. Ye to the Ha. <laughs> oh, my. I can't even believe we're talking about this song. This okay. Here's the here's the the the, uh, the scoop on this one. For eight years, Jeff Copeland pitched me that title, and for eight years, I shut him down. I said, "Dude, I'm not writing a song called Ye to the Ha with you." He's like, "I'm telling you, it'd be great. Hell to the yeah, Ye to the Ha." And so we do these things in Nashville when we when we write called Wild Card Nights, and where we get together after hours because writing songs in Nashville is a day job. They ha- it happens between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Uh, but musicians work great at nighttime, so we get together with a few buddies. We order some pizzas, we have a few beers, and the rules are you can't say no. So he totally railroaded me <laughs> one night. We were looking for an idea, and he's like, tonight's the night. Ye to the ha. And my co-writers perked right up, and they're like, oh, my God, that's a great title. You know, you know, feet to the truck, truck to the road, you know, down the road to the party, hell to the yeah, ye to the ha. And, I, you know, of course, I'm going, oh, my God, guys, are you serious? They're like, it's going to be great. So we wrote this silly song. And we must have demoed it, but I have no recollection of, the, of cutting a vocal. And that was in 2019. And it wasn't until this summer, or sorry, uh, uh, this spring rather, we were looking at songs for Troubadour, and Copeland sent me this fully worked up demo of E to the Ha with a, with a smiley face emoji. And honestly, I listened to it, and I didn't want to like it, but I smiled so hard, I was like, we got to put this out. It's just, just it's way too much fun to, to miss out on. And so... I'm hoping that, you know, that, that, that fans will see the fun in it and, and not just roll their eyes like my wife did when I told her that the song is called Ye to the Ha. <laughs> no, even the title, Matt, it does. It just it puts a smile on your face. I can totally. only imagine what it's going to be like when the song comes out. Oh, it's a great line dancing tune, man. And I don't have too many of those. And I, I remember my, my, um, my social media manager asked me, he said, can you give me a quote? And so I wrote him this long thing kind of, you know, explaining that story. And I said, so... From the knuckleheads that brought you stronger beer <laughs> and no truck song, here is Ye to the Ha. You know, it's like this same guys, you know, that, that wrote all those songs together. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think it's just pure fun. And I wish that more artists would, would cut and write songs that are just about the fun of it and not, not always try and knock it out of the park with, uh, you know, tearjerker song of the year. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud to, to, to bring the fun, you know, to, to the party. That's uh, really what we're what we're all about over here so yeah i hope uh sometime in the future we can discuss just the way that music and and writing has changed it went from bro country to from the party scene to now like you said it's the everybody wants to make you cry and and there's just really there doesn't seem to be much of a balance it always seems to be one ebb and then back one or the the other yeah yeah and i mean listen there's value in all of that and and you need all those songs but if you know i'm the kind of guy it's like if everyone's zigging i'm zagging and so you know if the songs are sad, then I'm going to give you the silliest one going, which is each of the hall. And that says a lot about your team too, though, right? Because they have to be on board with it because they got to be feeling pressure to crank out a hit like everybody else is doing. Absolutely. And, you know, they were more on board with Yee to the Ha than I was initially. But like you said, when I, I, I think I said my quote too. It's like, I challenge you to listen to this song and not smile. You that's know? beautiful. And that's yeah. what it's all about. Tim, last two, uh, Summer in the City Friday night. What can fans expect from Tim Hicks on uh, what's oh going to be God. a wonderful night in Steinbeck? We are going to be fired up. This is the, we're kicking off our summer tour in Steinbach at that gig. So the boys are fired up. We're fresh off the rehearsal train. 
Um, we got a, a ton of new stuff to play for you and uh, all the hits as well. So it's, it's going to be a great night. Can't wait, Tim. Give us an insight, though, man. What is the song you're going to open up with? Oh, Dodge Out of Hell. All right, all right. Tim Hicks, thank you so much for doing this today. Always appreciate the time. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it, man.